Hi, and welcome to the Ocean in a Drop, where we connect deeply to the world around us by connecting deeply to the world inside of us. I'm your host, Minnie, and I'm so glad I get to share this space with you. Today, we're talking about justice and how we can use our voices to change another person's life. We'll also share a time of listening together. Have you ever wanted something really bad, and now you were so close to getting it that you felt excited and still at the same time, waiting to see what would happen? That's how I felt one day a few years ago. I was on the verge of getting to experience something I had wanted to do for a long time, and I was waiting to see if I would be accepted. It was my first time being invited And I knew that not everyone gets through the screening process. Internally, I kept saying, pick me, pick me, pick me. And then it happened. They chose me. I was thrilled and relieved at the same time. I was going to be on a jury for the first time in my life. Now, you may be thinking, wow, She is having a very different reaction than most people. But let me explain. When I became an American citizen, one of the privileges I most looked forward to, besides voting in elections, was serving on a jury. I was grateful to live in a country where my peers could have a voice in what kind of justice I received rather than it all being dependent on one person to judge me. No justice system is perfect, because humans aren't perfect. But having the ability to be heard by a jury of my peers would increase the number of people able to hear my story, and the chances that I could receive justice. I knew that if I ever had to go to court and have a jury hear my case, I would want the best jurors possible. I would hope that they were kind, good listeners, paid attention to details, cared about justice, wanted to be present, open-minded, open-hearted, and intended to come to the best decision possible. And I realized that if I wanted that for myself, If I were ever at the mercy of the courts, then I would want to be that person for others. If you care about criminal justice reform, one of the most important things you can do is serve on a jury when you have the opportunity. You may not be called to be a police officer or lawyer or judge, but if you are a citizen of a country that has a jury system, you can still be a part of delivering justice. Because at its core, justice is about what kind of story gets told and who believes that story. Police officers build a story with evidence. Lawyers connect the evidence to an overall narrative about what that evidence or lack of it means. A judge makes sure certain rules are followed about how the story gets told. And then the jury, I repeat, the jury 
gets to decide whether they believe that story or not. And that is what is so miraculous about being a juror. You don't have to have years of specialized training like the other roles I just mentioned. Yet you get to be the deciding factor in what happens to an individual or group because you are part of a jury. People's lives hang in the balance. And whether we deserve the privilege or not, we have been given an opportunity and a responsibility to use our voice to give them justice. I want to share just one story of many that could be told of the impact of a jury's decision on a person's life. I learned about this man's story from an article in the Los Angeles Times. His name is Kevin Harrington. He grew up in Inkster, Michigan, and became the first in his family to go to college. He was a freshman in college in 2002 when he was arrested by police in Ann Arbor for the murder of a man whose body was found in a field in Inkster. A witness told police that she had seen Harrington and another man beat and shoot the victim. After his first trial ended in a mistrial, the witness who implicated him recanted her statement in the second trial. That trial and a third trial ended in a hung jury. After the third trial, prosecutors offered to let Harrington go in four years if he pled guilty. But Harrington wouldn't do it. He said, I wanted nothing more than to go home, but I was willing to sacrifice my life for what's right. Freedom to me means doing the right thing, real justice. In 2006, prosecutors put Harrington on trial a fourth time. And even though the main witness again said that she had made up her original testimony, the judge allowed it to be shared in court with jurors. This fourth jury took two days to decide Kevin Harrington was guilty. I want you to stop and think about that. This man was found guilty of murder by a jury who heard from the main witness that she had made up her statement. Would you have convicted a man or even brought him to trial if the main witness confessed that they had lied about what they said? Yet the police, the prosecutors, the judge, and the jury all decided that this was what Harrington deserved. His punishment for choosing to stay true to his story that he did not murder this man, was life in prison with no possibility of parole. In 2009, students at the Innocence Clinic at the University of Michigan Law School started researching his case. They found records that showed the main witness had denied any knowledge about the crime 23 times during her interrogation. The detective questioning her implied her children could be taken from her if she didn't give the information he wanted. 
On April 21st of this year, 2020, a judge overturned the convictions of Kevin Harrington and the other man who was convicted of murder based on the false testimony of the same witness. In total, Kevin Harrington had spent 17 years, six months, two days, and 35 minutes behind bars for a crime he did not commit. How many people does it take to put a man in prison for murder? Let's look at all the links in the chain that resulted in Kevin Harrington being deprived of his freedom. Remember, if any of the people connected in this chain had made a different choice, the outcome could have been different. It would have taken just one person acting differently for Kevin Harrington to receive justice. There was the detective who was willing to coerce a witness to get false testimony. What detective says, I'd rather find someone, anyone to blame, rather than find out what actually happened? There was the prosecutor's office who decided to continue to try Kevin Harrington on murder charges multiple times, even though the main witness recanted her testimony after the first trial. What prosecution team says, even though the main witness has recanted her testimony and three other juries could not determine his guilt, we feel it is totally worth pursuing this specific suspect. And hey, fourth time's the charm. Then there was the judge who allowed a false testimony to be read in court at the fourth trial. What judge says, even though the witness gave false testimony, I'll allow the jurors to consider that as they determine whether this man is guilty or not. Then there were the jurors who decided that the false testimony of one witness was enough to convict a man for murder. What juror says, the main witness gave a false statement, but I have decided this is definitely the man who committed this crime. Apparently 12 jurors did that. It would have taken only one juror saying there wasn't enough credible evidence to avoid convicting this man and taking almost 18 years of his life in freedom away. Would Kevin Harrington have been freed if you had been on the jury? When you say yes to jury duty, you can become the link that brings justice in a world that has too many unjust investigations, arrests, trials, and convictions. Your voice could make the difference between freedom or confinement for someone, justice or injustice, life or death. It's another way of exploring the ocean of potential present inside each of us. Now I'd like to invite you to a time of listening together. So if you feel ready, I invite you to close your eyes and slowly breathe deeply in and out. With each breath, Feel your body relax from your head to your toes. Let's do that again. 
Deep breath in and deep breath out. One more time. Deep breath in and deep, slow breath out. As we ask and listen together, remember, you're just being present with yourself and being honest about what's there. There's no pressure to make anything happen or filter yourself. Now ask, if I were on trial, what kind of juror would I want? What qualities would I hope they have as they hear my story? We'll take some time to listen and see what comes up. Now ask, am I willing to be that kind of juror for someone else? We'll continue to listen and be with the truth of your response. You did great. Thank you for listening with me. 
feel free to continue being with what came up for you. I will be creating a post about jury duty on the Instagram account quoted. That's q.u.o.t.d. I welcome you to visit and comment under the post on whether A, you have served on a jury before, and B, if you plan to serve on one the next time you are given an opportunity. If you'd like to read more about Kevin Harrington's powerful story, I will put a link to the LA Times article on the show notes for episode 7 at minipalmer.com. I will also include the link in my next newsletter, which you can also sign up for at minipalmer.com. Thank you for being here with me today. I am so glad you chose to share your ocean with me, and I look forward to being with you again.